First question I asked, which is the wrong question, is what's the biggest industry I can get into? I said, okay, stop thinking of it that way. You're thinking of it the wrong way. Why did you start playing basketball? Because I loved it. All right, what do you love to do? Oh, I love to tell stories. Mm. All right, let's do that. I think stories is what moves the world. Nothing in this world moves without story. And so I think that is the root of everything. And if we're going to try to make the world a better place, story's the right place to start. Hello, world. Welcome back to another episode of Views from the Baseline. From the Baseline Times, we're back here for another week in 2020. Uh, this time around with this episode, we're starting off a little more exciting. A um, little bit better to this week uh, in the sports world. It's cold, cold sports week last week. Um, but definitely a little bit better this week. I'm excited, though, because I have two different guests on this show today. One's making a cameo. The other guest is making his first ever appearance. Definitely excited for that. Uh, today, we got a full show of various headlines from across the sports world. I will recap the Super Bowl. Uh, as the Kansas City Chiefs in Missouri are the new NFL champions. I will talk some NBA All-Star Reserves, the NBA All-Star Games, as the teams are finally decided. And um, the trade deadline was today, so we'll talk a little bit of the trade deadline recaps. And then at the end of the show there, we'll finish off and talk a little bit of UFC 247. And um, beyond that, without further ado, I'll introduce my guest today, uh, Mr. Gabe Lloyd. What's going on, man? Welcome back to the show. I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm chilling. <laughs> well, it's, it's it's a big day in Miami for you. I know that. You excited as a Heat fan? Yes, sir. Hey, we're going cool. to the championship. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. It's not a championship talk. All right. Cool. Cool. All right. That's how you guys right. feel down south. All right. All right. All right. Well, cool, man. Well, let me go ahead and introduce the next guest. Uh, it's a guest that I've always wanted to bring on the show. We always talk about it. Uh, it's my main man, Mr. Chris Thompson. How you doing today, sir? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How about yourself, man? I'm doing well. I'm glad you're here, man. Uh, you know, Chris, when the first time my guests come on the show, I do a little introduction. Um, just go ahead and talk about yourself, man. Okay, you know, okay. a little bit where you're from, your sports history, and, you know, what you bring to the table here. All right. Um, I'm from Phoenix, Arizona right now. Um, big sports fan all my life. All different sports, baseball, basketball, football. Tennis, anything, anything sports related, I'm really, really rocking with it. So, yeah, I see the tickets for the Suns and for the Cardinals out here. I try to go to as many games as possible. And just, uh, yeah, I'm a sports fanatic for sure. Yeah, I was talking to Gabe today. He, was, he wasn't he was aware that you watched a little bit of UFC. Um, and I quote, I said, um, um, yeah. I said, mm-hmm. um, uh, Gabe, he's actually a jack of all trades. That's the way I described you today in a text message, by the way. So, yeah, yeah. I've been getting into the UFC. I mean, I want to say maybe about 18 months or so. I've been taking it really serious, right. trying to watch it, keep up. Yeah, ever since it's been on ESPN, you know, they've been really, I feel like as a whole, MMA is kind of getting a little bit more respect, uh, yeah, getting a little bit more money into it now. So it's nice to see it for sure, especially yeah. for the fighters. I agree, I agree. No, I mean, I'm glad to have both you guys on here today. Uh, like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll talk a lot of different sports today you know the three main things happening so far in this weekend um and chris i actually didn't plan to talk about this until now um but you know man i just want to give you like a a public shout out here on the show because um we we had a great time i had a great time out in phoenix and la with you and uh Mm -hmm. demario um and uh 
dude, that's coming up like a three year anniversary is coming up since I was out there having a good time, man. So the hospitality oh, was wow. great. That's crazy. It's crazy. You know what's crazy about this? Um, because Demario always talks about how we all connected, and uh, you, you're like family to him, basically. And um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I remember we used. To, it's got to be at least six to eight years ago where we were on Xbox Live, like barely. We didn't know anything about each other, and we start. You started talking about Orlando and all these roads, and I'm like, "How the hell is this guy all the way in Phoenix, and he knows about like this road out in Orlando?" <laughs> and uh, you know, you told me the story yep, that you used yep. to always spend time out here. I was like, "Man, this is crazy, bro. This world is so small." And then uh, I, I would have never guessed, man. I would have flew out to Phoenix with and have you pick me up, and we go have a grand old time in Arizona, and then shoot out to LA and, and have a crazy time with the Mario too for a weekend. So appreciate you. What life's all about, man. What life's all about, baby. For, for sure, sure, for sure. Well, I mean, we're here today, guys. Um, you know, on the flip side, Gabe, he he lives in South Florida, so I, I kind of see him every now and then. I mean, ain't nothing special. South Beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing special about seeing Gabe these days. I always brags about his fantasy team. <laughs> hey, we... man, that's that's good. That's what's important to both of y'all, man. That's what, that's what it is. For that's sure, what y'all got to live for. Good. All right, guys. So you guys are ready to get into? Uh, let's just talk about let's get jump into the Super Bowl here. Um, talk about that game last week. Um, the Chiefs are the new champions, and as I like to call him, Patrick Magic Mahomes prevailed for me. I had had a hundo on him. He helped me out. Thank you, Mahomes. Appreciate that. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you know, one of the things about this game, uh, I think it was overall a good year for the NFL. So we'll talk a little bit of NFL recap here. But um, it, I think it was a good game overall. What did you think about the game, Chris? Uh, it was a good game, man. Ten to ten after the first half. Um, I mean, the Forty Nine ers I think, got a little cocky. You know, I had a friend over who was watching it with me. who said right after they took that little picture there in the end zone after that interception that that was the end of the storm. And he was right, man. Ever since that happened, it was. Just, downhill from there so it seems like we kind of just figured it was over and that's the last team you want to really do that against Kansas City honestly so yeah I mean one of the things I felt like I I was a little nervous going to the fourth quarter because I had money on Mahomes the Chiefs and then on on top of that it's just like man it's like seven minutes left they're still down what 10 points and it was like I mean I know Mahomes can do it but it was like you still got a little nervous you started sweating a little bit but if you would have told me Mahomes would have threw two interceptions, two touchdowns, and the Chiefs still would have won the game, I probably would have believed you. That's just how much doubt I had in mm-hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo. I would have believed you he because didn't have Jimmy. a great game, nah. Didn't. I would have believed he. I would have believed you the Chiefs would have won. I would have believed just because of Jimmy Garoppolo. I there's no confidence in Jimmy G at all. And um, if if it came down to you know yeah. the two quarterbacks, and that's actually what it came down to, and unfortunately. The the Chiefs came back in the game, but I I just just didn't have the trust in him. I, I it, it had to be it had to be an defensive game for the Forty ers and a couple of times they slipped up. Um, but Gabe, what do you think about the game? Did it work out in the favor for you? All right, you <laughs> all right. So I had a difference of opinion. I thought it was a boring game uh, up until halftime because it was ten ten. There was no flair. Both teams were kind of playing cautiously or whatever, but um. Well, the the point, the turning point in the game is when Mike Shanahan, he was he was going to Garoppolo in the first half, as you know, he was throwing the ball, everything was going well, and then no, actually, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, he was actually running the ball well in the first half, everything was going fine, but then the second half, what happens? He goes back to Garoppolo, and it's like, okay, what are you guys doing? You had a lead, they got the interception late, all you had to do was run the ball, run the ball, 
But what is he doing? He's throwing passes. Like, they had the best running game in the league. They had a three-headed monster. And he starts throwing passes. Like, what are you doing against Patrick Mahomes? You want to keep him off the field. But instead, you see yeah. how the game went. Yeah. The Chiefs were going for it on fourth and whatever. They were going for it. It was playing aggressive. They got conservative. And yeah, I love came that. out. Patty Mahomes threw touchdowns and boom, boom, boom. Next thing you know, the game's over. But my favorite play of the game, though, was when Tyreek Hill gave Richard Sherman a double, a double route. <laughs> he double moved him, had his face in the ground. I was like, yes. Yeah. Richard Sherman talked so it. much trash. So that was my favorite play of the game by far. But, um, yeah, you know, like I said, they got conservative and they lost. Bit him in the butt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, like, the the biggest play, and what, what was incredible, like, I went back and watched the highlights a little bit just to kind of refresh my memory. And um, mm-hmm. it, it was like seven minutes and 13 seconds left. And um, that's when they um, there was a pass to Tyreek Hill for a first down was ruled. It was overturned. Um, 49ers won the challenge and uh, the ball hit the ground. But then on the very next play, it's, through, it's, th- it's third and 15. And that's when mm-hmm. the bomb goes down to Tyreek Hill down the floor. I mean, down the field, I should say. And man, like. That, right, that, 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 that's, that is what you did not want to happen as a 49er fan like that happened uh, I know like on the next play there was um, a Kelsey penalty that was pretty questionable where uh, you know it's pass interference on the ball thrown at Kelsey that's questionable I mean mm-hmm. they got the they got but the you call saw, you saw what Tyreek Hill said after he burned Sherman he thanked Devontae Adams because they did it to Sherman in the previous game so he was like okay let me see if I can do it to him as well he did the same exact Tech thing off. Devontae Adams did to him in the previous game and it worked so that's how they get Sherman off his game. So yeah, yeah. Thanks, Devontae Adams for doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I, I thought it was, I thought it was a pretty good game. I mean, I didn't want to see anything get too out of hand, like the Chiefs taking a twenty-four to three lead at, by halftime. I yeah, thought, I, agree with I, that. thought yeah, I thought true. halftime was good. Uh, like you said, though, I, I mean, but you know, building the comeback is, is fun to watch in any sport. So, it, oh, no to doubt. me, it just seemed like throughout the playoffs, the concept was, hey, let's just let them get up a little bit and let's let's just toy with them and <laughs> let's you know, but. And it's like I'll I'll yep. throw two interceptions. For real. But I I, I mean if you if if you, you told me that hey this is the way it's gonna go I, I probably would have believed you just based on knowing what it, it, and again it would be hey the hands um or the ball was you know in the hands of Jimmy Garoppolo moving forward um mm-hmm. but I thought it was a good Super Bowl man How, you guys like the halftime show pretty cool yeah it was good there was a lot of complaints about um. People think it was like a strip club show because uh, Jay Lowe and Secure was doing pole dances and stuff. But, you know, you got your critics all the time. You know, um, the only people that it made uncomfortable was the white people. But, um, you know, it was it's the, Miami's a Latin place. So people are going, it's going to be a lot of Latin things going on here. So that's why they got Secure and Jay Lowe. How would you, that, you know, it, it was fine. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't terrible. How would you t- elaborate on that, Gabe? Because, you know, you're down south. Uh, how how mm-hmm. was Miami? How about, let's backtrack for a second. How was Miami? I was, I was it, was it, was, it was a ton of Chiefs fans over here. I mean, they took over the city. I mean, I'm guessing because the 49ers fans have to travel way across country. Right. But um, it was pretty much a 49ers arena. Everywhere you went, especially downtown, Bayfront Park, all the main places, Wynwood, all 49ers fans. And everybody was calling 49 I'm sorry, I'm sorry, all Chiefs fans. Chiefs fans, sorry. But they pretty much took over the city of Miami. But um, the atmosphere was great. You know, I wish I would have worked Super Bowl like I've done in previous years, but I couldn't do it this year. But being in the atmosphere, all the parties they make, all the events they throw, it, it was actually a good atmosphere from South Beach to downtown. It was it was pretty good. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I would say they put up a good production on. I mean, it's an entertainment week, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I know they take the city over. I mean, when you take when you have anything in Miami, it's it's Miami, man. So no, nah, it was so a really good. Yeah, it was a really good production. 
yeah production overall i mean it it, it did have a little damper with you know the whole kobe bryant news for that entire mm-hmm. week um but mm-hmm. you know it's it still was a, a good production overall i think it was a great production enjoy the halftime show i mean it is what it is people are going to say what they want to say um but yeah, of course you know there's cheerleaders uh, half naked at every game so <laughs> i don't really tell people um you know that, yeah, that's what it is uh, um you know transitioning to about the nfl season now that it's over um you know we'll start with you chris how, how do you feel about the nfl this year do you, you know did you feel like it's, it's kind of like a bounce back it, it's, it's kind of an upward trend now with a little bit of the young talent that we're seeing yeah i think uh it's wide open man it's nice it's nice to see teams be able to get in there like a 49ers like a i mean even in the nfc championship you know you got two teams that necessarily didn't have the best season the year before and they're able to get to the the pinnacle of uh, you know the NFC get there to that championship game, so you know it definitely gives hope for you know fans, teams like me at the Cardinals, you know maybe be able to get into the playoffs next year. I mean that's what that's what's nice about the NFL, you know if you get into the playoffs for the most part, you can make a run or mm-hmm. just try to you know try your best. So yeah, it's a great season for me from from the beginning to the end. Yeah, a lot of storylines. Uh, we got you know a lot of things going into the off season as well, a lot of question marks. So it's nice. Right. How about you? Get how do you feel about the season so far? Being you know through everything the NFL's gone through and the whole. I, I like it too. Like I said, I think the league it's, it's a copycat league. Remember, at, at one point, the running quarterback was just not acceptable. But as you can see, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, he was a video game. You got Kyler Murray, up and coming guys, all the young guys that are coming up. You know, these teams now they're going to start going towards those mobile quarterbacks when at one point that was like you didn't do that they see this it's a a benefit because now you have to watch the quarterback is he going to run he's going to throw the ball you know back then it was all pocket passes so I think it's in a good place the way it's progressing the way it's moving but yeah from start to finish it it was a good season I mean the Lamar Jackson show was out out of control man the way that team was beating up on opponents all year unfortunately they fell short in the playoffs and then the emergence of Derrick Henry again. It was it was a great season. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things to look at, if you have your offensive rookie of the year, Kyler Murray, shout out to Kyler Murray for you there, Chris. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, Lamar Jackson is the MVP. And then you have Mahomes at 24 years old winning the Super Bowl. Still on a rookie contract, yeah, too. And winning the, the MVP. That's pretty incredible, man. And I would, yeah, I would say, yeah, definitely the NFL's in good hands. Uh, I mean, no, no discredit, no disrespect, like a Brady, a Breeze, uh, some of the older guys, you know, but mm-hmm. uh, and like Rogers. But you could just see, like, there, there's new blood in the NFL, and and it's it's fun to see. Um, and you know, like mm-hmm. you said, the mobile quarterback. I mean, that's just going to be the thing for right now. Uh, it's just, it's gonna, you know, just make the game a little bit more entertaining. You get to see someone on the run throwing passes. Um, and then, you know, I actually want to shout out, uh, you know, Russell Wilson, because I feel like he's the veteran of the, like he's like a pri- yeah, the true. prime veteran. Cause I, you know, I don't want to say I discredit Rogers or put them out. It's a different discussion for a different day, but I think there's, there's mm-hmm. a, a different levels right now at quarterback. You have like kind of the older, older veterans. And then you have mm-hmm. like your veteran prime veterans, like a Russell Wilson. And then you do have the young guys coming in right behind them. Um, are you guys ready to call Mahomes the best quarterback right now in the league? Based on what you've seen this season so far, and he's got his. I mean, it's, like, it's early. Um, like I said, he's the most accurate quarterback, and he can he can he's a dual threat. Obviously, um, it's right now it's between him and Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson obviously has to improve on his passing accuracy, 
But um, and next year, I think Kyler Murray next year takes that step. I told somebody last week. Um, I think Kyler Murray will be next year's Lamar Jackson. That's just my opinion. But um, yeah, like I said, as of right now, if Mahomes is the better quarterback in the league, um, I would say yeah, right now, yeah, he should be. Chris, how do you feel so. about that comparison? Being a Cardinals fan, is he the next? Uh, I Lamar? think. I mean, we need uh, we need some weapons, but I mean, a, a good quarterback to kind of make you know can make some names himself, you know. He wants to make some open throws. And, I, mean, I like the comparison, yeah. We got to give him a little bit of a run game, too. That's the thing. I, I, mm-hmm. Kenny Drake kind of came on towards the end of the season last year. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm open. I'm hoping we could do some things like that. I mean, the NFC, I feel like our division's a little bit tougher than the, than the AFC uh, North, necessarily. But, um, yeah. We'll see what can happen, man. It's a tough division. The NFC West is tough with Wilson. Uh, you know, San Francisco is looking good. And then uh, it's just always going to be tough. But, yeah, I mean, I, I would hope. I would hope that he can do that. I would hope he can make that next step. Absolutely. And Shiv, what about Jameis Winston? What do you think? Oh, man, you know what? That's funny. That's I, – I, wow, okay. Uh, yeah, you put me on the spot. Man, um, whew, boy. Uh, that's you know I wanted to forget about it I really did um, and it's funny because ESPN did send a notification Ooh. today you know <laughs> yeah, there's, a team that, there's, there's a team that'll but, take them there's a team out there that'll take them I just oh for sure it's not sure. it's yeah. man you know it's funny because I were, I'm watching the last game of the season and I said um, it, they go, it goes into overtime playing the Falcons at home and I said you know what this whatever Winston does in overtime here is going to determine how I feel about him I, I was like, I told my buddies in the group chat, I said two minutes, you know, before the, the play resumed in overtime, I said, Winston will either throw a pick six here or he'll win the game for us. Mm-hmm. What does he do? He throws a pick six. They lose the game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, that's your answer right Call there. It. That, I, it's like a coin, it's like a coin toss, man. I just, uh, you know, he, it's, it's such a, like, uh, 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 such a complete, like, Good, good, and it's like bad, bad. It's, there's no in between. There's yeah, no happy medium. Really I, I, I mm-hmm. haven't seen a quarterback like that in a while. I'm just like, man, I don't know what to say. Um, I, I got two of his jerseys, so I mean, if he stays, I, <laughs> I can I can rock with those a little. Dude, not one, but two. They were they were they were both gifted to me, by the way. So I didn't spend okay, a dollar on them. But right. I mean, the thing is, is like. Uh, I don't know, man. It's really I, he leaves you speechless, pretty much. I can't. I, I just or I have argued like you've got his great games. I mean, it's not hard. I'm excuse me, it's not that difficult of a process to you know feel like all right, you've got a guy that can progress and and understand that he has his growing pains. But you know, mm-hmm. at the point of his career where he's at, um, I mean, he's made some incredible accomplishments. What was it, four thousand uh, plus yards this year? Um, yeah, and and then you know, thirty touchdowns, thirty one touchdowns. But then it's like all right, he's got the thirty thirty one picks. I'm like. This guy was a thirty for thirty special himself. Like, <laughs> um, I, I don't know, man. I feel like the, the receiving core. You know, we, we I, I like the receiver. I love Mike Evans. I'm a big Mike Evans fan. I think he's one of the, one of the greatest. You know, one of the greater wide receivers of the league. Um, you know, Chris Godwin was coming along. Uh, I think we, yeah. we definitely need a run game. Likewise uh, for Arizona, we we kind of need a run game to come along. Um, I, I just I don't know. Like he makes some incredible throws, and some of them are just like, dude, like. It's like you made a what mistake. are you seeing on the field? Yeah, you made yeah. that mistake as a rookie. Like you would expect, like Kyler Murray to make that throw. So it's just, it's pretty wild. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I just hope for the best. I know, I do know this that it, it would reset the process, though. Um, 
well, defense has got to be worked on a little bit, but it resets the process. Like, you know, they talk about uh, Phillip Rivers, the kind of guy to come down in Florida, you know, spend a couple years, take some snaps, maybe win a game, go to the playoffs here and there, and it's right off in the sunset. You know, I mean, yeah, I, I hope it doesn't get to that point, but maybe it does. But I don't know. Like, like Chris said, they might take, he might be taking on another team. I, he'll, he'll get a contract. I know he'll get a contract somewhere else if it's not the Buccaneers. I will say that. What, what do you guys think yeah, about um any, any kind of early um early super early predictions for next season in the football mm. world? Chiefs, Chiefs will be there. Chiefs will be right there again. Yeah, like I said, when I mentioned earlier that you know Mahomes is still in his rookie contract, so the way you win in the football right now is if the quarterback is cheap, you can build around him. So since he, they're paying him, I forgot, they're paying like I think seven hundred thirty something thousand dollars or whatever a season. So this is the time to build around him. Unlike Garoppolo, who's already on a big contract, it's harder to bring in yeah. players to surround him. Seattle, Seattle's having the same problem. Exactly. So if you got the rookie quarterback who's a first round pick on a cheap contract, the time is now to build around him before they demand that big money. But as far as next year, yeah, I think it's going to be the Chiefs again. I'm sure the 49ers will be there again if they don't get rid of Garoppolo after this, you know, Super Bowl. NFC is deep. NFC is deep. I think the Cowboys will actually kind of make a run of, you know, I think the changing it up might, uh, this whole know, coaching is an issue. issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they got too much talent on that team to keep on failing like that. Man. I like the hiring though. The Mike McCarthy. Yeah, hiring. I'm just I hoping like that it. the coaching will make the difference this time around. Because Absolutely. Wait, the other guy, he was just like, yes, man. So maybe you have a different coach in there. Maybe they just want his a new voice. Maybe he gets the job done. We'll see. But you know, they really Same do thing have with the Prescott situation, though. Salary situation. They only got so much time before he's demanding that money. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I I think Jerry throws some money at him. Um. I think that the McCarthy's. You know, the signing was great. I think that they definitely need a change. And you know, hopefully, like just like do the thing. Just run the ball sometimes. And you know, you've got you got mm-hmm. Ezekiel Elliott. Like, let's run the ball sometimes. Can help a whole lot, but um, mm-hmm. threw the ball way too much last season, way too much. Yeah, absolutely. All right, fellas. So, pretty much uh, at last week's episode, we had Marcus Demario. Uh, we were supposed to record a uh, Super Bowl preview, have a have a big reboot for this podcast, but um, obviously, the sh- uh, sports world was shocked with the passing of Kobe Bryant, and eight other lives, including his daughter. Um, I just want to give you guys an opportunity because, um, you know, we're, we're all sports fans. We, and basketball kind of united us first. And um, mm-hmm. just kind of just give me your, your thoughts about, you know, the passing, the legacy of Kobe, um, some of the favorite Kobe moments for you. Um, you know, Gabe, you want to start the, you know, start off with you, Gabe. How, how did you, you know, it takes like a while to process this, right? It's it's all like, like, like what do you see? Like, well, how do you feel after? You've had a longer time to let this marinate than we did when mm-hmm. we did the show last week. So So what's going on right now with this topic for you? Like, I'll tell you, when I first heard about it, like I said, it was reported to TMZ. So my first reaction is like, okay, it's not true because I can't find the news articles anywhere else. Like I said, I, I don't mind TMZ, but that's not where I'm going for my news story, first and foremost. But then once I realized it was true, like I said, it hit me really hard because normally um, celebrity deaths, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to sound flippant or anything, but, you know, they, they happen all the time none of them really affect me because I don't know them. So, you know, you kind of just be like, oh, man, that sucks. And then you kind of go on with your life. But since I'm a sports fan, 
And when I found out it was Kobe that died, it, it, it bothered me a lot. And then when I found out there was other people on the plane, including his daughter, sorry, helicopter, that really, I actually shed a tear because it's like, I'm a sports fan first, obviously. So for the sports world to hear that, him dying at such a young age of 41, it's really shocking. So, you know, and then all the memorials with him and his daughter because she was the only basketball player in the family. It just really, you know, it struck a nerve with me. It was like, man, this is like real. And every time a celebrity dies or somebody, you know, dies that's close to you or whatever, you start to question your own mortality. It's like, okay, maybe I should spend more time with my daughter or tell people you love them. You know, all this stuff comes to your mind. But yeah, with Kobe, it was just, it was, and for me personally, I wasn't the biggest Kobe fan to begin with. You know, I, I admired him from afar in the championships he won with the, with the Lakers. That was fine and all. So I wasn't the biggest Kobe fan to date. But still, it's a brotherhood, sports. It brings everyone together, no matter what race you are or whatever things you're going through, sports is an escape. So, yeah, the minute I heard he died and all the other details that came with it, it, it kind of broke me down a little bit. And no lie, like I said, I cried a little bit because it was like, this is deep. It's like, it's real. Like, you know, it hurt, you know, it's sports. So it's like, you know, that, that was just my reaction to it when I first heard about it. Right, absolutely. And I mean, you're, you yourself, you're a girl dad, so, you know, mm, I'm sure that... Yeah, really you know, a lot too, yeah. Yeah, you know, you've been able to kind of kind of share that sentiment so, as well as, you know, myself. So it's kind of like, you know, I talked about that last week on the podcast. Um, What about you, Chris? How about you and your, your Kobe reactions? Well, I'm saying with that game, I wasn't really the, the biggest Kobe Bryant fan. I mean, I definitely was growing up, watched him. Uh, win all the championships and everything, but it was definitely shocking, man. And just to see how many people he reached, you know, from from all across, not even just in the sports world, everywhere, you know, he's one of those names that you kind of know, you know, whether you like sports or not, you know, you kind of know that name. So, and it's the way that it happened too, you know, it's just very tragic. Uh, yeah, unbelievable. But I mean, that's, again, that's life. I mean, anything can happen at any time, sadly. Um, but I mean, yeah, just the way it happened and just with LeBron James passing him the night before, I mean, it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. It's just really a shocker. So yeah, I mean, that's just life. Well, that's reality. You know, it definitely can hit you. Uh, players go out to all the family members and then yeah, everybody else on there as well. You know, people forgetting about everything, everybody else on there. But I mean, rightfully so, you know, with such a famous person on there. Well, yeah. I think, uh, you know, with the time, it's been a little bit of time now, so it's nice, you know, for, to give everybody the time to grieve and everybody grieves differently. So, uh, but yeah, well, rest in peace for sure, man. It's crazy. Gone too soon for sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, um, you know, they announced here recently that there'll be the memorial service on 224. Um, picking mm-hmm. that date, you know, obviously that was... Uh, Kiana's uh, number and then Kobe's 24. So um, Staples Center that morning will celebrate the lives of everyone lost. So it's pretty, it's all going to come together, man. But I, I think the cool part about this is that um, everyone's, like you guys said, it's kind of just kind of came together. And, um, you know, I'm looking through for clips as you, know, you hear on the beginning of our introduction here and uh, looking through and just, there's so much motivational things that he had said. And it was just like, dude, like to sit down and hear those things is it's really inspiring, man. And it's like, he just had a different mentality. Um, and I will say on record, you know, I, I enjoy, uh, I don't think LeBron has the same type of ability to express himself like this. 
he's more of just a very straightforward, you know, like, hey, like, just keep keep on. Like, that's LeBron would finish you in a sentence. Like, Kobe, is, he elaborates the process a little bit. So it's just he had that mentorship in him, man. And I think that's, like, the cool thing to see. So I think it's maybe on different personalities. But, you know, it's, it's a legacy that hopefully, obviously, you know, the, the Lakers and, and the rest of the season will definitely do their due diligence to carry on. And, and everybody else in the world, man, I think that's, been the beautiful part about it everyone kind of has kobe on their mind and uh basketball basketball starting to kind of get back to to things getting back to things um as normal um all-star weekends next weekend so uh that's coming up i'm sure there's gonna be a lot of different tributes and ways that they'll kind of reach out and show their honor to kobe um on the topic of the nba uh transitioning to that we have the nba all-star reserves that were announced last week as well um, and then fresh off the press, the teams are finally decided. Um, the draft was done. Um, and then pretty much we got Team LeBron. Uh, Team LeBron has been announced as Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Luka, James Harden, Dame Lillard, Ben Simmons, Jokic, uh, Jason Tatum, Chris Paul, Restberg, and Domantas Sabonis. Uh, team Giannis will feature Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam, Kemba, Trey Young, Chris Middleton, Bam Adebayo, Rudy Gobert, uh, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Brandon Ingram, and Donovan Mitchell. Uh, fellas, out of those rosters announced, are you guys taking Team Braun or Giannis? I mean, just looking at Team Braun, um, they have a lot of big guys on their roster. It's a lot of that starting five. In fact, it's like everybody's above six foot seven, right? You know, except except Harden. And um, but I mean, just looking at both of the rosters right now, I just see Team LeBron getting the edge. Now, I'll admit, I don't know all the new rules they've implemented with the All Star Game itself, so I don't know how exactly it's going to work. I did read briefly about it, but you know, it's a little confusing to me. So I guess maybe you can elaborate on it more. So help me understand it. Yeah, I mean, uh, the way that it works, and I, I, I'm trying to remember. So there's um in the summertime, there is a uh, basketball league that's on ESPN. And just for lack of knowledge right now, I don't know what the league is called, but they do a similar concept, um, except I think mm-hmm. they add or eight, eight or ten points onto the final score. So what I think it's the, is it, I, I believe maybe it's the fourth, I think it's the last two minutes of the game or something they do it. Um, but from my yeah, understanding, yeah. from my understanding, what the NBA is doing is the same thing. Except they're they're dedicating a whole quarter to this concept. So the first three quarters, you're going to play them as normal. Um, yeah. By or I don't know. Some from my understanding, they said they're going to start fresh. You know, every quarter, which kind of doesn't make sense because they're just tallying up the score anyways. So they're going to play three mm-hmm. quarters. At the end of the three quarters, whatever score is, your score is, they're going to they're going to add 24 points to each total to mm-hmm. basically honor Kobe Bryant. Then from there, what they're going to do is it's just going to give an opportunity for um, the first team to play to a, a certain to that certain score. Um, so, for example, um, if I understand this right, <laughs> they're going to add twenty four to I think both teams. They said, and then they're going to it's going to determine like you know a final score plus twenty four. Mm-hmm. So I mean. It is confusing. Either way, the thing is, there's no, there's not going to be a clock. There's going to be a. It's kind of like playing to twenty one, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. So, That's you know, it's like playing too. to like yeah. it's like playing to to put on a simple term. It's like playing to a certain score amount that you have to score. 
The only thing he mm-hmm. does is it gives an opportunity for a team that's behind to exhaust the other team and mm-hmm. kind of come back and, you know, beat them down and, and, you know, at least go on a momentum run to the point where it's like, oh, you know, they've caught back up and they now they're exhausted. So um, it's kind of like a game of will. That's just how it's going to work um, for that. Um, I, I know that's not the best explanation, but that's as close as I can get for right now because the NBA no, is doing some weird stuff. Like, yeah, they're trying not to. Oh. And, and the thing is, they're going to review that like 10 times on TNT. Trust me. Uh, yeah, sure. You hear uh, Reggie Miller <laughs> go through it five times. You know, then you're going to hear, you know, Marv and other guys go through another 10 times. Ernie, mm-hmm. trust me, y'all, you'll get the rundown. Uh, what, what do you think about the rosters, Chris? Team Braun, Team Giannis, Greek Freak? Uh, I'll just take this and do a quick look at it. I mean, basically, it's the West versus the East, really. It's only, like, I think only three different, yeah, three East guys on that team. James, they kind of just swapped a couple guys. So really, it goes back to that old school West versus East. Um, so, but yeah, I'm gonna take James. I'm gonna take Team James. Just looking at just based off Doncic and Leonard alone, uh, James Davis, and I just being able to match up with them really. Yeah, I you know it's funny. I was thinking about that too. I'm looking at the roster. I'm like, you know what? This kind of seems like East versus West when you look at the first three guys on the roster. It's like, you know, LeBron's first. Uh, let's see, his top. Five picks are from the West, and then I mean, Giannis's top, his top six are from the East. So it's like, yeah, you pretty much majority majority of your team is team team West versus team East. That that's funny you said that, man. Um, yeah, I saw the same thing. Um, how do you guys feel about the reserves that were picked? Um, look at them right now. Um, I'm trying to see which side looks better. Um. If I have to pick a side, I say they're pretty evenly matched up. Um, I think the bronze team is still a little bit better. Um, they got Jokic, they got Simmons, they got Tatum, Chris Paul. Sabonis has been playing out of his mind this year. So, um, yeah, if I, I if I had to give an edge to a team winning totally, I mean, it would go to Team LeBron. Because if you look at Giannis' team, you know, it's got Gobert. Eh. Uh, Mitchell, eh. Out of Biles improved. Middleton, it's just kind of like average all-stars compared to LeBron's side. I think it's a little bit better. So I'm, I'm going to go with Team LeBron, just winning the whole thing. You you feel like the uh, reserves I got in this year was... I think everything's still in LeBron's favor for now. Yeah. Both, both reserves and starters. Okay. And then, Chris, um, you want to elaborate a little bit on uh, on some snubs this year? Uh, yeah, I think there's a couple snubs. Uh, starting off with yeah, Devin Booker for sure, man. I think he's oh yeah, that's crazy. Twenty-seven points a game, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, five and five. I mean, I don't know. It's just tough. I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know how they do the slots. I don't know if they're like, you know. I mean, I guess it's twelve, twelve per, you know, twelve for the East and twelve for the West. I mean, it's like. I would like to see them add one more spot, but you know, it's like then that kind of takes away from you know being the All Star. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't know. Bradley Beal got taken away in the East. He's having a great season. That's true. Uh, I totally understand the argument. You know, not having wins and stuff like that. But then you got you know Trey Young in there. The team's not doing too well, so it's tough, man. It's tough. I mean, I don't know who you take off. That's the thing. If you're willing to like say somebody. 
should be on there, then you know you're gonna have to really take somebody off. So it's like I don't know who you off from some of these. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, because it's always like, every year, it's always like, what can we do to address someone not being snuffed? But it's like, what do you do? Do you just like let more guys be all stars and call it a day? Or, you know, do you kind of hold ground and say, no, we're going to pick, you know, 12 from each conference and we're going to, you know, it's some people are going to just be left out. That's just the way it's going to work, you know? So it's like, you know, every, every it's every year though, guys. Like, how many years have we gone over this? And it's always like, ah, oh, this guy got snubbed. This guy was playing great. And then, like you said, Trey Young, not playing. His team's not winning, but he's playing at a high level. So it's like, you know, like there's always that. It really is just a vote, man. It, it's it's just who majority of if it's the coaching, the coaches that are making the determination for all stars. It's really majority of how they feel about them, and it's a voting process. It's already in place, so. I mean, and remember the fans voted for the starters, right? Yeah, so it's kind of like you know, transparent. That's how it all works out. Yeah, that's my thing. You know, just how like how the voting goes into deciding all that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think maybe adding one extra spot could help, but then again, it's like, all right, you definitely have an all-star game where you can only have five guys on the floor at one participation time. Participation contest, participation contest. Everybody gets a trophy. Yeah, you, know, you can't yeah. be adding more spots. Yeah, so. <laughs> I think I mean because the thing is every every time it's an issue within the NBA, they're very quick with the leadership of Adam Silver to come in and say, okay, well we'll change things, we'll try things differently, right? It's like they amended yeah. the whole All Star game just to you know uh, honor Kobe Bryant, and and that, this just happened you know a couple of weeks ago, so it's like <laughs> you know it's they had a Wade and Davinsky for you know retiring too, so exactly you know, it's and you're right, and it's so so it's always something you know that happens. Um, I mean. You know, knock on wood, not saying anyone's going to get injured, but, you know, there's always a possibility of that happening and somebody gets kind of grandfathered in because they're next in line, too. So, I mean, it seems like all the stars are healthy. And, you know, it's... I think that it's going to be... It's something that always happens unless, again, you, you oversaturate the game and add more roster spots, like you said, Chris, but there's always going to be a slow... I think D-Book, you know, he, he unfortunately got, you know, the tail end of it, but maybe, as like, Instead of East and West, you just go ahead and take the top. Let's say, uh, you know, you take you go ahead and take a look at top. Uh, what there's twelve, twenty four guys, and then go from there. Maybe you know, maybe add in twenty six and call it a day. But that's the only thing you can really do. <laughs> I mean, we can't win pretty much. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, sometimes I, I I get wins matter, but I mean, Trey Young is playing pretty incredible right now i mean it's hard not to call him an all-star in my opinion so Trey, right yeah it's really hard not to call him an all-star so he's a, he's oh, I would know best my fantasy team i would know that yeah absolutely he's, a, he's having a great season <laughs> he's having a great season by the way Gabe, you want to like talk about fantasy for like maybe two minutes and just kind of you know brag about your fantasy how did football work i mean for you this year? <laughs> yeah I won, I, I won, I, you know let me just get this moment to shine so yeah i won both football leagues i was in this year you know like i tell you guys I told you guys think earlier this year, I was like, if y'all want to keep playing me and donating your money, I'm all with it. I'm all for it. You know, every year I get better at this football thing. Last year I was a runner-up. This year I finally won the damn thing. Basketball, I won last year too. This year I'm like head and shoulders above all you guys. You know, I, I do this stuff on a regular basis. So it's only a matter of time before I win every single year. Y'all will hate me and just quit and not play. But, um, yeah, basketball's on lock. I got this already locked down. Yeah, it's to the point really where I'm do. so bored. I'm not even trying. I'm not even trying against this guy I'm playing this week. Like, who cares? 
But um, yeah, I mean, I just want to brag a little bit. It's our boys know, you know, they're not in my league, you know. <laughs> All right, there we go. You're, you know, five <laughs> seconds of fame, fantasy fame. No, I will, I'll, I'll give you your props, man. You, you're the fantasy guru. You, you know, you got it down. Um, so yeah, All Star All Star Weekend next weekend, guys. But trade deadline happened. We has passed. We've got some trades in the books, and um, actually, some more time, I guess, for you to shine, Gabe. Miami Heat made some big moves. I think the big, some of the bigger Boy. deals, more of the bigger yeah. deals today. Um, Andre Ingadala is headed to South Beach, and um, so he was traded along with um Solomon Hill, Jay Crowder. And Jay Crowder. Yep. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Heat got rid of Deion Waiters, Justice Winslow, and James Johnson, sent sent them for to Memphis. Uh, and then, mm-hmm. um, pretty much, um, it seems like Ingodal has agreed to a two-year, thirty million dollar extension with Miami. And then Miami beefed up a little bit. Um, so I got, I got to say though, um, didn't really expect the Heat to, to be where they're at right now in the season. And then with these moves, yeah, no one did actually. Yeah, and then with these moves, man, uh, I don't know. That's that's it's hard to say that they can't compete to take the East. I, I would agree with that. Um, mm-hmm. how you feeling today, Gabe? What what would you take from the trades that happened today? Well, like I said, early in the season, I didn't expect them to be what I think right now they're fourth in the East. I think we dropped the last few games, but um, yeah, I didn't expect them to be good at all. At best, I thought they'd maybe compete for maybe the fifth or sixth seed in the East. But you know, they're a pretty good home team. The road they struggle, obviously. But yeah, it's just Pat Riley. He never wants to settle and be mediocre, unlike some of these other general managers or presidents of the basketball teams. He always wants to win. Obviously, everyone wants to win. It's hard to do it. But given his track record and being how aggressive he is on getting players to come to Miami, you know, I feel like the organization is in a good place, you know? I mean, everybody hears about the culture, about you got to have a certain percent of body fat. You know, it's real. It's not like, oh, you go come here and be lazy, Deion Waiters. Hassan Whiteside, and you know, and, and get playing time. So first and foremost, it was so good to get rid of Waiters and Whiteside off the books because, you know, the, the, the time at the time when he signed them, it was a panic move because there was no ava- available free agents that were good at least. But anyways, back to this team, the current team. So getting Crowder, Iguodala, and, and Solomon Hill, or whatever. I mean, he's okay to throw in. It improves our defense. We were already pretty good defensively. I think this makes us better. So let's say if we face a Giannis in the playoffs or a, a Pascal Siakam, wing guys, you can put under Iguodala on him. I'm not saying he will stop him, but it's an extra body, a lengthy guy, a veteran who can teach these young guys, you know, how to play and what it's like to go to a finals or the importance of a playoff game. So that's where his experience comes in. And Drake Carter is no slouch either. I mean, he's a 3 and D guy as well. So I feel like we bolstered our, our perimeter defense. Our offense is pretty damn good to begin with. So I feel like we're we should be a, a two seed by the time everything's set and done, uh, when the season comes to an end. We'll probably struggle against Milwaukee, but I like the trades though. Pass on fire. No, absolutely. I, I, I'm a little envious, you know, definitely because you know you look at what they have done, and like you said, the waiters signing. You get rid of Hassan White. I don't even believe it was a max contract you guys offered him, right? So you re- yeah, White signed a max, and Waiters had like a four year deal worth sixty million, I believe. So it was just disastrous contract. Right, and it's you just like let a guy like that walk, and it's like wow, you guys offered this guy a max contract, and he's not even there anymore. You just like no, no blink of an eye. Um, yeah. but obviously, you know, bigger plans in the picture. Uh, you know, you get Jimmy Butler in the off season, uh, and it's kind of like, okay. Well, now you kind of got like a, you know a caliber all star caliber player. 
Uh, oh, and also, sorry, Andre Godala, his second year is a team option, so it's not like he's on the right. hook for two years. So right, right. that also helps us for the next year to get better free agents. Right. And, I mean, looking at the Eastern Conference and the, the journey that you're going to have to go through, I think the biggest big man threat, you know, out of everybody is going to be obviously Philadelphia and Embiid. Um, beyond yeah. that, you, you really have to have a really good perimeter defense and great perimeter, perimeter play in the Eastern Conference. Uh, the Western exactly. Conference is, is a little bit different. You got Anthony Davis, Jokic is out there. Uh, so I, I think mm-hmm. it's a little bit different <laughs> to go through those guys. But, you know, in the East, uh, it's more of a small ball yeah. game. Um, you know, Giannis is going to be the biggest guy for the Bucks on the floor. Um, you know, mm-hmm. obviously you have your seven footers, the uh, Lopez twins, but I mean, they're not mm-hmm. the, the, the Giannis threat, a seven footer. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, I think the Heat set themselves up, sells up really, really well, especially because, you know, Jimmy Butler goes there and you're like, okay, well, what's going on in Miami? What's so special? You know, exactly. what, what, yeah, like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> there? There's, no, there's no players here. What is he doing? Yeah, long term for this team. And then he, here's the plan. I mean, you know, I got to yeah, give yeah. kudos to Pat Riley. Um, Chris, how do you feel about this trade for Ingadala showing up in Miami and them bolstering well, up the perimeter? <laughs> It's better move. It definitely will, you know, help out those young kids out there. They got a pretty young team. Um, I mean, yeah, he he was only going to go to a couple places. I know he had a, he was pretty strict with where he wanted to go. So I mean, he wants to go there. He's excited. I mean, it seems like he can always make the right shot, make the right move. He's not going. I don't think he's going to be getting any type of significant minutes to begin with. But just his presence and you know leadership. Alone is worth it, you know. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then moving down the line here as well. Uh, what is Houston doing? So, Clint Capella, um, <laughs> traded to the Hawks as a four-team deal. Mm-hmm. Um, the Timberwolves acquired a whole bunch of players. It's crazy, yeah, they, man. They, the Timberwolves, too, we'll talk about them. Gomez, yeah, we'll Turner, talk about them. Vanderbilt, 2021st round pick. A mess. Yeah. Uh, I don't... Does Houston understand that you have to play Anthony Davis? You have to maybe play Jokic in, in the playoffs? <laughs> P.J. Tucker's a starting center going for it. I mean, I'm willing to see if it'll work. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that at least some part of it works. I really want to see it work. D- yeah. What what's in the bag of tricks for D'Antoni? Because exactly. I don't know. It's it's really sad because you know I mean I I like James Harden to a certain extent. You know Russell Russell Westbrook has been a guy I like watching too. But I don't know. It's really I, sad where I, their I careers are at, in my opinion. I, they got Covington too. I just don't think that the way they're constructed. I don't know if that works. Like if they want to copy the Golden State model with Draymond playing center, so I'm guessing okay, let's use PJ Tucker as our de facto Draymond. But I just feel, you know, like I said, and if Covington comes in and does what he's supposed to do, play defense, shoot threes, you know, that type of thing, okay, they'll be a decent team. I can see him being maybe the top three in the East. I mean, sorry, in the West. I just don't know if Harden and Westbrook can coexist in the playoffs. You know what I mean? I've never seen it happen yet. I know they did in the OKC, but Harden was a six-man. So now they're both starters. and they They kind of have the same type of game, even though Harden's more of a shooter. And Westbrook's more of a paint, you know, um, clogger. So I, I'm, it remains to be seen if they can make this work in the playoffs because they haven't really hit their stride yet. So maybe this trade will give them that boost and maybe they'll start to hit their stride as the season winds down. You know, we'll see. Right. And then um, 
moving down the list again here, some other quick trades. The Pistons send Andre Drummond to the Cavaliers, and Drummond sends out a tweet about loyalty. I mean, I mean, did you want Detroit to keep you for the rest of your career? <laughs> I mean, I don't know about the trade. I don't know where it works for either team. Uh, it makes no sense for either side. I don't know I, what, I don't know what happens. Um, the one that's interesting here to me is the Clippers landing Marcus Morris um, and then Isaiah Thomas as well. Supposedly, there was a battle of L.A. for Marcus Morris, and yeah, uh, the Clippers did win out. Um, Low-key, I think I saw some things in between group chats and Twitter where um, the, let's see, the Knicks were actually demanding a lot more from L.A. than what they wow. received from the Clippers. You know, I'm not going to say anything. We're not going to you know, hype up LeBron James this episode, but, you know, it is what it is. But on the flip side, um, how do you guys feel about that? What do you feel about this deal, Chris? How do you feel about uh, the Clippers right now? And they were, they're they a deep team already. Uh, you feel like they're deeper now? Yeah, it was a good good move for the Clippers, man. The Clippers definitely are going all in this year. They definitely are going to go to L.A. versus L.A., and they'll be going at it. Um, yeah, if they didn't have to give up too much, it's the first round pick, and then uh, 2021 second round pick, Detroit, uh, came up Harkless. I mean, yeah, Mar- Morris is good. He's a tough player. Like he brings, he fits in well. I think with Doc Rivers and the way he, you know, he that he plays and he coaches. I've always liked kind of the way Doc Rivers coaches and can kind of get his players to believe. And, I um, mean, yeah, they're playing good, man. They're, they're chasing down LA, uh, the Lakers, for that number one seed mm-hmm. right now. So it's going to be interesting going down the stretch. Right. And, I mean, they were always saying that Marcus Morris is a guy that's there to come combat with LeBron, another body. So, speaking of bodies, you know, gave some similar situation with him. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see how that goes. Gonna, uh, keep on throwing all those people out of them between him, Harold. Leonard, George, like, yeah, you just got to throw as many bodies as you can. That's all. You can throw them off. Um, on a side note, real quick, with the Marcus twins. I would just say on the Marcus twins, it's funny how Marcus now is the better of the twins. Remember, at one point, it was Markeith Morris. He was the better twin. And Marcus was coming yep. off the bench in Phoenix. Now it's like a complete role reversal. Like, what happened to Markeith Morris? Like, what What's happened to his game? Is it because he's buried in Detroit? I mean, I don't know what, what happened to him. Or his style doesn't work with today's NBA. Because I feel like Marcus is a – he's obviously a small forward and he can shoot the three. He's better on the perimeter than Marquise can be. It's just weird how they mm-hmm. switch roles. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Their, their careers definitely kind of flip-flop a little bit between each other. I would agree with that. I mean, I think sometimes the system and, and you know, one, one just obviously saw an opportunity and, you know, it's Marcus now. <laughs> so Yeah, pretty much. Know. Yeah, I mean, I, I I would say it was it's just interesting though. Um, you know, the Clippers won out on that trade there, um, between the Lakers and if they were you know, ever inquiring about Marcus, and then um, on the on another side note, the Lakers are uh, here are going to plan to sign Darren Collison out of retirement. Wow. Yeah. So then there's rumors there if it hasn't hasn't already um, been made official, and um, yeah, wow. Yeah. So. Darren Carlson, and, and then there's, there's a silly rumor out there. I'm not sure if it's 100 percent true, but J.R. Smith supposedly getting a workout. So, I mean, but could you imagine though? I mean, LeBron taking yeah, some, you know, yeah, 
the thing is about the Lakers though is that um they, they were seeking a point guard um and I mean they were inquiring about different point guards that are available on the trade market there so um you know I I, I don't think that uh the Lakers they stood pat I think they're they're confident they're comfortable with what they have they you know you know obviously teams were interested in Kyle Kuzma but they probably weren't weren't you know they probably weren't getting enough in return for Kyle Kuzma and so yeah. You know, we'll see what happens. I mean, you've got LeBron James. I know, you know, the Clippers have got a whole deep roster, but um, that that is going to be the Western Conference Finals, hopefully, and uh, a great showdown there. Um, the next trade here for us guys would be basically um the bigger one here where the Warriors and Wolves swap. Um, so D'Angelo Russell is headed to Minnesota as Andrew Wiggins finally has been traded to the Golden State Warriors. Um, first and foremost, so. The Timberwolves have lost 13 straight games. Um, That's terrible. Carl Anthony Towns is tired of losing. And um, <laughs> they, they they get a point guard. Um, so they traded away Jeff T earlier back to Atlanta this year, um, earlier in the season. And then, um, you know, they finally, so, so they have a perennial all-star and, you know, in Russell, he, he was a guy, he was, he was the guy in Brooklyn the year before. And mm-hmm. um, now, you know, you have someone to team up with Carl uh, Anthony Towns. So I, I like the move for the Timberwolves. It's it's, it's like a salvage move. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like that move. Um, how do you guys feel about the Wiggins? So Wiggins in Golden State next to a guy like Draymond. Mm, I feel like he's another Harrison Barnes, just slightly better. Remember Harrison Barnes when he was in Golden State? I feel like Wiggins is, okay, I won't say Harrison Barnes, but man, I, I don't know how to describe his game. Like he really hasn't evolved. Um, I don't, I don't want to call him a bus. I mean, that's just easy to do. Can you blame him for being out there? There's not, not much to hope for. But that is true also. Yeah, that that's true also. I, I just feel like he hasn't really evolved in his game. Or oh, he's very inconsistent in his game. But maybe he's going yeah. through the Warriors. Draymond can kind of, you know, mentor him and get him on the right path and then team up with Curry and Steph, obviously. You know, he, he should be a good fit there. You know, he's better than what they had at Small Fort presently. And Glenn Robinson and other guys, they was like rotating out for that position. But um, I mean, I, I like to move for both teams. Like I said, Cat gets his his sidekick and Russell. They're young. They're going to improve as time goes on. And depending on what other pieces they get down the road, that help them out. The UI Wiggins in a Golden State team that really needs, you know, well at least for this year, he can just do what he wants since all other guys are out. But next season, I feel like Golden State, you know, they're they're rebuilding, man. They they're, they're getting ready to load up again and make another run at the Western Conference. So, you know, I like it for both teams. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would yeah. definitely agree with that um, pretty much. I, I like I like if we're going to State at some point. You know, I would agree. His, so you think it's a little bit better of a Harrison Barnes? It's funny because in the group chat today, we were talking about the trade, and it's like, yo, so pretty much they got Harrison Barnes back again. So <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, I would, yeah, I would agree. I think I like I like the moves of both teams. This is the one, you know, more bigger name with, you know, Russell. Um, I mean, you, you kind of felt like when he when he went to um, Golden State, uh, it was kind of just like temporary. Yeah, it, it just didn't feel like it, it was something that was genuine. And he, he just kind of like, hey, you know what? Katie wants to come to Brooklyn. Brooklyn's like, all right, you know what? Take Russell, do what you want with him, and mm. at least now Golden State can make up for the loss of KD. In a sense, you know, obviously you're not getting another Durant, but. You know, now you have an Andrew Wiggins to fill a, another roster spot. So, no, definitely. Because that Golden State team couldn't tell you what kind of starting lineups they have. I mean, 
<laughs> I, I couldn't tell you who's on the Golden State Warriors right Me, now. I know Just a lot of my best. Well, I don't know who's on the roster. <laughs> so, um, and um, the uh, Wolves, the Timberwolves did get James Johnson too. So I think the Timberwolves, uh, you know, hopefully they can turn their season around, um, a little bit there because, you know, uh, I I'm not really much of a cat fan, um, but I, I feel like, you know, at some point he still shows up and plays plays ball. I think he still shows up. I think he gives an effort to play basketball. I think, you know, the Timberwolves definitely deserve to see a little bit more, you know, out of out of that uh, team, especially um for where they're at. I mean, I don't know. They'd have to go some crazy, insane, you know, win streak for them to even touch the playoffs, but uh mm-hmm. it, it's a start. Um they're they're fifteen and thirty five and thirteen straight losses. Man, that's I don't know for that. That's not the team you would expect to lose thirteen straight this year. If I if I could have told you something like, "Hey, there's one team that's going to lose thirteen this season," I probably wouldn't have said the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, definitely not. Exactly. Um, maybe the New York Knicks. Shout out to Marcus. Um, but definitely, <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely not the Timberwolves. Um, I mean, overall, quiet. It's it, I think beyond that, it was pretty quiet. Um, the Inguadala, and you know, you have D'Angelo Russell. The, those those are the biggest names uh, today that we heard from the trade deadline. I think overall it's pretty quiet. There's some other little trades and players here and there. Um, the Rockets uh, sent uh, Jordan Bell for the Grizzlies. Looks like Bruno Cabacolo. Then uh, you had the uh, Kings send over Alex Len uh, for the uh, Hawks and... Dwayne Denman goes back to Atlanta. I think he played for Atlanta previously. Yeah, yeah. Nuggets mm-hmm. uh, add. Um, let's see here. They they added Shabazz Napier recently, and then sent him over to the Wizards. Um, and then kind of backtracking. Isaiah Thomas gets another chance to play in L.A., so he's playing for the Clippers. Well, actually, now. they're going to wave Isaiah Thomas. Oh, okay. So, yeah, he's well, not part of the plans. That's unfortunate. All right. For him, well. at least, right. <laughs> Then, as a Magic fan, we get James Dennis for a second-round pick. It's pretty Ooh. fun. Yep, we're, just gonna, we're barely hanging on to the eighth seed, but um, you know that's how that goes. Um, oh, yeah, I, but overall, I mean, a quiet trade deadline, nothing too crazy. I think, I, I think we expect this just because I mean the landscape of the NBA right now. I mean, everyone's kind of settled. Everyone's kind of content right now. Like. That's true, yeah. I agree. You know, everyone's like, hey, we, we, we're going to make little, you know, little small upgrades here and there. And mm-hmm. you've got teams that are, are, are in right now. I mean, you know, the, the champion, the defending champions of the Raptors, they lost Kawhi, but they still got their, their core. The Bucks got their mm-hmm. core. The Celtics lost Kyrie. They still got their core. Um, You know, gave you, your team added Butler and still kept some kind of core. Um, yeah. the, the Pacers, Indiana Pacers got back Victor Oladipo recently. Um, and oh, shout yes, out to sir. them. I mean, they're thirty-one and twenty, and they still, they're, they're, that's that's, that's impressive crazy, with with most of the season without Oladipo. Um, and and I mean, the Sixers are they have their core. Um, you know, obviously in the Western Conference, it's pretty star-studded with the Lakers, the Clippers, your Nuggets, the Rockets. Um, I, a big shout out to the Thunder because uh, Chris Paul, he's he's playing he's playing great basketball, and he's an All Star as well. Um. But yeah, I think it was, a, it was a definitely a quiet trade headline here this time around, and the focus now is definitely definitely basketball, as football has ended and um, the, the playoffs coming up. Overall, there. Um, any any last minute thoughts about the trades here, Chris? Oh, uh, man. I figure uh, Warriors and Warriors with the uh, 
And Wiggins is a good pickup. I think going into next year, it'll be good. I mean, they got that first round pick too, uh, 2021 mm-hmm. first round pick, top three protected. So you'd think that Timberwolves would be a little bit better of the team next year. Uh, maybe, you know, Warriors can get something out of that pick and get a lot of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, no, not too crazy. Nothing too crazy. But, I mean, he has some big, big names moving for sure. All right, fellas. So UFC 247 is Saturday night on ESPN Plus. Uh, the main card of Jones versus Reyes, and um, I'm pretty excited uh, to at least try to introduce this conversation and get a little more uh, different sport in the mix here on this podcast. Uh, you two in here, I know we've talked about this in the past. Uh, Gabe has actually been giving us a couple of different articles here and there uh, for mm-hmm. some MMA and boxing coverage. Um, overall, I think like in like this type of like sport, uh, this year has been off to a really good start. I mean, we've had the McGregor fight, um, which we'll get in a conversation with them here soon. Uh, we've been able to have, uh, the Tyson and, um, the Fury fight, uh, Tyson Fury and the, um, Deontay Wilder fight that's going to come up. Um, the rematch I, I, that's this month, man, like <laughs> it's crazy. And then. John Jones is fighting this early. I think there's a nice, a lot of nice cards real early in the year. Um, before we get into uh, Saturday's festivities, um, how do you guys feel about uh, McGregor? Pretty much how that all went down uh, a few weeks ago. Was it something that needed to happen for him, just based on what he's kind of gone through before that fight? How do you feel about that game? Oh my God, man! I got so much crap on this. Let me just—I'm I'm gonna keep it short. All right, so McGregor, right? Obviously, he's the cash cow of the UFC. He's the—he's the, the standard bearer. He brings in the most money of any fighter on the roster. So Dana White, obviously the president of the UFC, so he needs McGregor to have a tune-up fight. Pretty much, he throws Cowboy Cerrone at him. Cowboy's a good fighter. Don't get me wrong, but. Cowboy's last, I want to say, eight fights. He's no, his last three fights. He's been knocked out in a span of eight months, like TKOs. People just knocking him out. He's like a gatekeeper for that light, uh, for that uh, what was like for the division they're fighting. They were fighting in um, welterweight, welterweight. He's like a, the gatekeeper for the welterweight division. So it's like, why would you give him Conor? Why would you give him Cowboy Cerrone when you could have gave him Justin Gaethje, who was next in line to fight um. Khabib, who's the champion at lightweight. So I feel like Dana White was like, okay, you know what? Let's bring Conor back in. Let's give him an easy fight so he can win and get on top, you know, and be at the top of the sport. Because God forbid, if he brought Conor McGregor back in and he lost after losing to Floyd Mayweather and then Khabib the previous year, it would have been bad for the sport, at least for Dana White and McGregor. So I feel like that was a tuna fight. They gave him an easy fight just so he can win the fight and get his name back in the running to fight the champ. But um, like I said, I, I don't have anything personal against McGregor. I just feel like it's obviously a sport of politics, and Dana White picks who he wants to fight and who makes the most money, uh, rather than top fighters who are ranked higher getting the better fights. You know, it's all about popularity. So that's just my thing on Conor McGregor. He's a good fighter. Don't get me wrong. I love him as a fighter. He's very entertaining. He talks trash. He sells fights. So um, you know, I like him and everything, but I just feel like you know they kind of botched his first fight back. To give him some more of a challenge in his first opponent. And then, Chris, would you share you know the same same opinion about Connor? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I wanted to see Cerrone, uh, you know, win it, you know, the American. But, mm-hmm. I mean, he just wasn't ready. Gregor came out, hit him, hit him with a quick a couple hits, and it was just over, man. He's good. He, I mean, Conor McGregor can show up to the moment. That's the big thing about him. Exactly. When the moment shows up. Um, and, yeah, and, you know, he draws he draws a lot. That's the UFC kind of needs him. You know, they need him to have a big year this year. They, mm-hmm. they, they talked about wanting to have three fights. So, I mean, you know, that's one out of three down. And, uh, I mean, we'll see what he goes to do next. You know, either that Nate Diaz or that, you know, they were they really want the Khabib part two. They really want the uh you know, Jorge Masvidal wants to Yeah, so it's, there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of fights there that could happen and then all of them will be good no matter what people will come out to see him fight. So not Maybe even Tony Ferguson fight. too if he wins. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Tony that would be a great fight. I'm hoping that I'm hoping that fight actually happens, man. In April, that's it's true. been jinxed so many times, man. They've had it. They planned it like five times. It's always someone pulling out with injury. So let's hope it you know, happens we're, this we're, time. We're getting yeah, fingers cro- fingers across. We're getting closer. Eight weeks out now. Yep. So we're hoping. We're hoping. They're starting to get into camp now. Hopefully, they, you know, take it easy. Don't overexert themselves. Tony Ferguson tripping over wires and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's true. You should go to stairs. Got injured. Come on. Yeah, but uh, this card coming up this weekend should be a really good one as well. The main, the main card looks great, and that, the undercard should always impress. So, looking good, man. That UFC is in a good, uh, good, good spot right now. I think they sold over a million pay per views with that, um, with that Conor McGregor fight. I was hearing uh, the Disney CEO. Yeah, it's always good. Yeah, I mean, I, I like what you said at the beginning of the show, too, Chris. Like, ESPN was uh, responsible for really putting some money into this and also just kind of bringing more attention to the sport. Um, you know, I mean, found myself kind of growing a little bit more towards it as well and just another thing to watch, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, they did an incredible job. I think the switch to ESPN was huge. Um, definitely a good job. It's a little more awareness of the sport. Um, it's a little bit more out there. I mean, the thing is they throw it in our face every single commercial on ESPN, so <laughs> you can't really forget. Um, but, I mean, no, it, it, this is setting up for some great stuff this year, like you guys said. Um, it, it really is setting up for some good stuff because we're getting to see a little bit more, um, you know, like like you said, uh, Masvidal could probably fight McGregor next. I mean, you know, who would have thought, you know, six months ago that that would have been possible? Um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying it wasn't it wouldn't have been, but, you know, it, it's just it's a new light, something else to look forward to. Um, but yeah, focus on this weekend. Uh, what, what, what do you think, Chris? How, how, how do you feel in this main card? What's your prediction? Uh, the main card, I'm looking forward to John Jones getting back in there, man. He's one of the best ever, for sure. This, this is, uh, attention to, to technique and just making sure he, uh, doesn't really look past his opponent. He said, he says that in four, you know, in one of those, um, Alexander, fights he kind of almost looked past him and that's when he almost lost mm-hmm. so he doesn't really try to do that too much anymore so uh, Tom DeGrange is a you know, wild card undefeated so, I mean he's got nothing to lose that's what they like they like throwing these type of guys at John you know that it's you know it's a win-win really for these guys so, like he says these guys have really never been this, this is the most famed a lot of these guys have ever had but, and he's fighting now so 
it's a matter of if they can, you know, step up to the moment. John Jones has been there before. He knows what he has to do. But at the end of the day, it is a fight. Anything can happen. So, But I got Jones, you know, when you're in a decision. Um, yeah, that's what I got right now. And uh, the balance, the women's, women's uh, fight will be also really good as well. Um, and my boy Derek Lewis on the first fight of the card, of the main card, too. Yes, Swan I like Adams. Yeah, so it's a stack card. The main card was really stack card. Yeah, I think I think the whole uh, thing with John Jones too was just fun, you know, for someone that's like for me like more fresh, like new what, you know, I'm a new viewer of this sport within the last I would say probably fourteen months, as opposed to your eighteen, Chris. And um you really can see and understand like the technical part about like John Jones. I think it's pretty interesting and like I kinda enjoy watching. I didn't think his last fight was, was a little, you know, was for me, you know, being a new viewer, I kinda wanna see the action. But it was but you can see how technical it is, man. So yeah, I mean, I'm a Jones fan. I think that I think he'll take that one there. Um, how do you guys feel about you know Derek Lewis? You think he'll take this one on this card? Yeah, that could be a problem for sure. Just the cardio. Like Derek Lewis already has back problems, so he's gonna have to kind of. I feel like if he doesn't win that early on, that can kind of good kind of not look too good for him if that gets taken to the ground or. Uh, yeah, man, but. Not, not too many people can take a hit from Lewis. That's the thing, man. Once Lewis hits you a couple times, that'll be a good fight to start off for the night for sure. Right, that'll right. Too heavyweight too. Yeah. Right, and then, I, I'm thinking I'm, I'm going Valentina um, on this one here. Um, I like what I saw from her last fight, so I, I think I'm going Valentina here definitely. Hmm. Yeah, she's another one that's really technical, man. She's um, just like she doesn't play around at all. She's been she she was fighting way before UFC. She came to the UFC and she's been dominating. So once she got that fight, yeah. All right, so we'll, we'll check it. So we're, we're we're all going Derek, Derek Lewis. We're going Valentina. We're all going John Jones on some of these fights uh, on Saturday. Well, let me just say, with the whole John Jones thing, a lot of people, for whatever reason, well, I almost say a lot of people, but it's been brewing that, oh, Dominic Reyes may give him his first loss. What I can't seem to understand is that John Jones is fighting guys his height. Maybe not all the time. Like I said, he fought Gus twice the first time. He took it for granted, and he damn near lost that fight. But if you, the thing about John Jones is that if he fights you one time and then he fights you the second time, he completely dominates you the second time around. Like he did it with Daniel Cormier. The first fight, it was you know it was it was a good close fight. The second fight, he he, he tails him. Same with Gus. He took him on the ground and knocked him out on the ground in the second fight. Now John Jones' previous two fights were snoozers, and I say that because mm-hmm. those two guys he fought, like uh, Anthony Smith and Thiago Santos, those guys aren't big trash talkers. So there was really no build up going into those fights. With Dominic Reyes, this guy started running his mouth. So that in turn gave John motivation to like, okay, this guy's undefeated. He's talking a lot of crap. So now I got to go out and really prove myself to this guy. And the thing about John is that he's, he's versed in every skill set. Dominic Reyes was saying, oh, this guy can't box. That's fine. John can beat you on the ground. He can beat you with his kicks. He can beat you with submissions. He has multi-skills, unlike Reyes, who's never gotten past, I don't think, the first round because he's knocking out everybody with a left hook. 
So it's like I want to see Reyes tested after the first maybe two or three rounds to see what he's got in the later rounds because I believe he lost that last fight to Uzumir as well. But, you know, the judges gave it to him because he was undefeated and they needed somebody to fight Jones. But, yeah, I think Jones takes it for sure. Mm-hmm. Valentina, she should win this fight. She should win it. I don't know if she will, but I'm going to pick her also. And as far as Derek Jones and Latifi goes, I got Jones. I mean, I'm um, sorry, Derek Lewis and, and yeah, Latifi. I'm going to go with uh, Lewis as well, even though Latifi's coming up from light heavyweight to heavyweight, and that can usually pose a problem because it's a little bit more faster than the heavyweight. But um, I'm going to go with uh, Derek Jones as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll check that uh, after this weekend on the next week's episode. Uh, gentlemen, we're pretty much here to wrap up the show. And, um, Chris, as you know, uh, here, we generally give shout-outs, man. And anybody you want to shout-out to uh, as the first-time guest here, any shout-outs? I give a shout out to uh, my boy Derek Jeter, man, making the Hall of Fame. MLB offseason right now. Um, unanimous vote. I uh, got screwed by the one voter. Did didn't get to make it out. Uh, they they made all the votes public that that were available to make public, and then uh, all of those guys had Jeter checked off. So we'll never know who the one guy is that did not vote for Derek Jeter. All right, cool. How about you, Gabe? Um, I'm gonna shout out. You know, um, I don't really have a particular shout out. I'm gonna say rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. You know, um, he's he's sorely missed in the, in the sports world and just generally, you know. And you know, shout out to his family and the other victims as well, while going through tough times. But um, yeah, definitely Kobe Bryant, man. You know, that's that's what I got. That's what's up. Um, I mean. I gave my Kobe tributes last week, so uh, this week um, I'm going to just give a shout-out to Patrick Mahomes. Shout-out to Patrick Mahomes. Um, Patrick Magic Mahomes, my homeboy, whatever you want to nickname him. Patrick he, homie he, boy. He, he won me 100 bucks, so I can't complain. Shout-out to him. Actually, I should shout-out my boy KB because actually he's the one who paid me, so shout-out to him too. Um, foolishly betting on the 49ers. Um, I mean, that's pretty much it, man. I, I'm just really thankful again to have this opportunity with you guys. So it's, it's the first time, Gabe, you, you probably shared like three different episodes with, you know, different guests all the time. So, you know, we're trying to get this thing back up and running with consist- consistently and uh, just to have a good team of guys, man. And looking forward to hearing all you guys and hopefully you enjoyed the show today and uh, pretty much, you know, different topics, man. Like I said, we're out here to do this in 2020, so. Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Anytime. Thank you. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure as always. What's your definition of greatness? I think the definition of greatness is to inspire the people next to you.